Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. It is about to begin. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub, and the other voice you're about to hear is none other than Les Jackson. That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Two automotive journalists that are, well, we like to hang out with you on on this show and tell you a little bit about what's going on in the automotive industry, Les. And we're starting out this hour with a question Uh, Is the world ready for electric vehicles? One of the top scientists at a major brand says no, and he'll tell you why, and he'll tell you what he thinks you should get instead. And I, I, in many ways, he makes some great points. Well, we'll talk about it, uh, obviously, in a little bit. Um, But I I agree that, that you have to have a reason to have an electric vehicle. It just isn't for everybody. Anyway... What's new for Jeep Wrangler uh, and the 4XE for 2023? Because you're already tired of 2022. Yeah, you might not even be able to order a 2022 (laughs) Jeep anymore. And uh, we're going to talk tech, supercar style brakes for a lot less. And it's all thanks to NASA. And it may even increase your MPG. So, you know, win, 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 right? It's like a parachute coming out of the back. <laughs> it's a it's an anvil <laughs> with a rope around it. <laughs> okay. Well, I have I have a cinder block that I throw out. <laughs> uh, anyway, go out big. That's the motto of BMW. The last last V12 has been built, and we'll tell you what's happening with it. And uh, plus, there's a special goodbye Hellcat not a BMW model in the works. And uh, that'll be, I'm sure, impressive. Uh, Yes, I would say impressive is a good word. And then you're going to have an at-the-wheel review of the BMW M3 Competition Edition. That must have been, uh, had a very soft suspension, I would imagine, Les. Um, I don't think it had any suspension. (laughs) It was just a a, a pipe welded uh, to the (laughs) axle. (laughs) That's right. Uh, They they gave you a mouth guard. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so uh, I'll be interested to hear about that. Um, And then a little later on, I'll have a completely different kind of BMW that uh, we'll be reviewing. So, um, but this first, uh, this first, uh, story that we're going to do about EV vehicles not being right for everyone. It actually comes from one of the top scientists at Toyota, and we'll talk about it. And I think we have to be open to multiple solutions here. Um, so I, yeah. I tend to agree with it. And actually, the types of vehicles he is talking about are some that you and I think are the best idea right now for everyone. I've been saying that's for a while but we'll get into that when we come back on cruise control your on-air automotive magazine stay tuned 
We're just getting started. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. This is your on-air automotive magazine. You know us. I'm Les. He's Fred. And as we promised, there's our top story here is uh, there's an official at a car company, which shall remain Toyota, <laughs> uh, chief scientist, um, saying, frankly, that a lot of people aren't ready for electric vehicles. And that's kind of going against all the hype and uh, stuff you're hearing constantly about go electric, which is we're not against that. No, um, it's just it has to fit your lifestyle. Right. And I don't I personally don't think a pure electric, especially as your only car, uh, fits many lifestyles. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of it has to do with infrastructure, the lack of charging right. infrastructure, or if you're commuting long distances and there's yep. no charger around. Uh, I saw an interesting study that said most uh, of the electric pickups have more range than they actually need, that they could build shorter range pickups for fleets and things like that, um, and that the batteries were too big for many of them, that they should well, build some with smaller batteries to make them less expensive. But but um, who we're talking about here is a guy named Gil Pratt, who is CEO of the Toyota Research Institute. And uh, he says that he feels that you're better off with a plug-in hybrid because the battery's smaller uh, and you can spread those batteries around more by having the smaller battery, meaning more people can have electric vehicles that are being used for that 30, 40 mile range of the plug-in yep. hybrids capability and that they're not just hauling around a big battery for no reason. Well, uh, he thinks it's the better choice. I've told this to people before, haven't you? That uh, I have. Uh, they're constantly. like, well, you know, I want an electric vehicle. I said, well, have you ever thought about a plug-in hybrid vehicle? And they're like, what's that? Well, and that's the answer. That's the question I get every time uh, I mention a plug-in hybrid, and the people say, well, what, what is that? What, what's, what's different about that than a hybrid? Right. Exactly. And of course, they're different. Yep. Um, and and just just the last uh, last time we were on the air, I reviewed the the hybrid Escape, mm -hmm. and you know it it got you know almost what seventy miles to the gallon effectively. And, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, right? And you can drive all day. Right. You don't have to stop to charge it. So. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're getting a second car in an urban area, all electric makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For errands, school, stuff like that. But otherwise, if it's your only means of transportation and you live in an apartment where 
getting it charged is going to be tough. I, I just think that's the wrong choice. Yeah, you, you raise a great point because you could use that gas hybrid engine to drive it somewhere to charge the battery <laughs> if you if you had <laughs> to. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I also think uh, he makes the point of um, his wife having a Tesla. This Gil Pratt, who is that CEO of Toyota Research Institute, says wife has a Tesla. She only commutes 30 miles a day, which means she's hauling around this big battery, but only 90 percent of it is ever used. She's just dragging around weight and raw materials when a plug in hybrid would be better for her because it would be a smaller battery. And then, uh, you know, she could basically do that travel on a uh, on a. Um, on a plug-in hybrid, plug it in at night. So I, I think it makes a great point. The problem is when people get involved uh, and groups get involved, they become locked into one solution. Yep. And they don't think about, you know, and, and once again, I preface this, I love electric cars. They drive great. It's wonderful. But no one's really making the big moves to create that plug-in infrastructure and the grid itself is in trouble with people just trying to the run their air is, conditioner it's overstressed um it's going to take i think 20 years uh to to bring everything up to the level that it needs to be it, uh, and and that over to, over those 20 years the electric car charging infrastructure can be built up along with the much needed uh, grid infrastructure yeah but right so now you could be just, patient yeah you you couldn't just say let's go tomorrow make everything electric but interesting yeah. uh, interesting from gil pratt ceo of the toyota research institute when we come back we're going to tell you what's new for jeep wrangler in 2023 stay tuned And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson right here with you. Let's talk Jeeps, shall we, Les? Yes. Um, something I've... And, and Jeeps are cool, let's face it. They have incredible loyalty. But something has occurred to me, Fred, that <laughs> okay. if, if, I were, if I were an automotive designer... Uh-huh. And I wanted a cushy job where I didn't have to work much. <laughs> I'd be a designer for Jeep or for Porsche. <laughs> they keep them looking the same. Nothing changes over decades. Yeah, but I mean, they don't want people that buy them don't want them to change. Oh, I know. Of course. They don't want them to look. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, you, you're, when you buy a Jeep, you're buying Jeepness. Um, yeah. Everything about it. And, uh, you know, they, if you do like something a little bit different, you can always get like a compass or, or something oh, like right, that, that right. they, they have some Cherokee, Cherokee offerings that are a little bit different, but yes, the basic premise of the Jeep stays the same, but let's talk a little bit about what's new for 2023 with the Wrangler Jeep Wrangler. Uh, they have a Wrangler freedom edition. Uh, Military-themed exterior and interior design cues, such as a Oscar Mike badge on the rear swing gate. Do you know what an yep. Oscar Mike badge is? 
Well, you're OM. For what? What does that mean? Oscar Mike? Uh, I'm trying to remember. So I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't Army. No. American flag decal, steel front bumper and rock rails. I like the steel front bumper. That comes on the Rubicon. I, I think it I would like that on a Jeep. That's uh, a good option. This just in. Oscar Mike means on the move. Oh, well, that's cool. So that would have been the, you know, the the, the tank commanders and the infantry and they, we didn't have that stuff. You had to keep moving. Characters. You had to keep moving, otherwise you were plane would go in the water. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um Oscar Mike on the move. Okay, that's good. That that that's, that's cool. I like I that. I never knew that. Yeah, no, you learn something every day here, especially on cruise control. So uh, Rub Rubicon model gets a new standard and optional 17-inch wheel designs, a Wrangler decal featuring the American flag on each front fender, and updated exterior colors, including Earl, which replaces Snazberry, <laughs> and Rain, like R-E-I-G-N, which is a limited edition. As in edition. Monarch? As in Monarch. Hmm. Uh, and it, you have to admit, the Wrangler comes with more engines than most vehicles these days. You can get a standard 3.6 liter Pentastar V6, 285 horsepower. You can get the mild hybrid Pentastar V6. Right. You can get the two liter turbocharged inline four cylinder that delivers 270 horsepower, which is not bad really in that vehicle. You can get the plug-in hy hybrid Wrangler 4XE, uh, and you can also get a on four door models a three liter V six eco diesel with two hundred sixty horsepower. Boy, that's, that's like a lot the of old choices, days. right? It's like the old days when you bought a Chevrolet. You know, and you had like six engines to choose from. Oh, and I forgot you can also get the Rubicon three ninety two with a six point four liter V eight Hemi. Yeah, rated at four hundred and seventy horsepower. I have not driven that. I know that's a common swap that people were doing, but I haven't driven it. I've driven virtually I, all the other engine combinations of the Wrangler. But I well, have if you get if you get one to test, don't tell me. <laughs> well, you'll get. Upset. I don't want to ride with you <laughs> in a short um, wheelbase, very high power, short wheelbase, uh, windy, high power. Uh, unstable, <laughs> um, very, very harsh riding. Um, I'll just stay here at air conditioning and watch TV. Thank you. I, uh, I do love Jeeps though. When you ride in them, they definitely have, as you say, Jeepness about them. They do. Which there, is there's fun. nothing like it. Yeah. The, it, it definitely is fun. You get in there, you close the door up, you sit in that dash and you see that upright yep. windshield. You, you definitely get a feeling for it. So, uh, for 2023, there are five Wranglers available five models, sport, sport S Sahara and four door only Rubicon, Rubicon 392 and four door only. And then of course the four XE, uh, and what's new with the 4XE? Well, same thing, updated colors, new uh, badging, and um, I think that's about it for for that year. There's a, some new interior colors. 
But, uh, hey, I'm sure they will have a big year for sales, as they always do. Oh, sure. Yeah. and You're going to get yours in Sarge Green? <laughs> Sarge Green. I want the Oscar Mike badge on the move. Baby. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, they also always have great photography and get them out there. And, you they know, do. they have a community about about them. You know, that that's the thing. You buy the Jeep, you're buying you're buying your way into a community. So uh, that looks like a little die cast model, doesn't it? It does. It, it, you <laughs> sitting know, on uh, your driveway. It looks looks fake. It looks like it's sitting on gravel. Yeah. Uh, but in fact, it's sitting on rocks. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. Also, we should mention Jeep was selected as the most patriotic brand. There, well, of course, that makes uh, that makes sense. A brand keys report uh, has spent twenty years surveying the patriotic brands in America. Jeep is number one, hmm. and it was it was number one in two thousand two. It is number one in twenty twenty two, followed by Disney. Amazon, Walmart, Coca-Cola, American hmm. Express, Ford comes in at number seven, Apple, Coors, wow. Beer, and Levi Strauss at number 10. Gee, whatever happened to uh, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet? I guess that didn't, that has not communi communicated I, because... I, I feel bad for Chevrolet. Back in 2020, 20, uh, 2002, it's interesting. Uh, Marlboro and Zippo, Marlboro cigarettes and Zippo lighters were well, on the list. <laughs> those, those days, fortunately, are over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what was number four in uh, as the most patriotic brand of 2002? Wow. Yes, guess. Uh, Budweiser. No. Kodak. Kodak? Wow. <laughs> so I'll bet most people don't even know what Kodak yeah. uh, is anymore. You know, they came in and they started, they put a lot of money into digital cameras, which was great, but they kind of dropped the ball on it. Yep. And it's uh yep. I, I don't know what they make anymore these days if they well, make anything basically the only reason they stayed in the film business as long as they did was to supply uh film for the uh, the blackbird oh wow but, that, yeah but when the blackbird, blackbird was finally grounded and by the way that film was was a, some kind of expensive i bet yeah, you don't want to f figure out that you uh, inadvertently exposed a couple of reels of that uh, by leaving the camera open. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, that was, I th I'm sure, hundreds of hundreds of thousands per roll. Wow. Wow. Well, interesting stuff here. Hey, don't yeah. forget, uh, you are listening to Cruise Control. Don't forget to check us out, our YouTube page, Cruise Control YouTube page, Facebook page. Always a lot of information up there. Always uh, plenty of things to watch and check out. You can also check out our website, which will give you links to it, cruisecontrolradio.com. Um, yeah, most patriotic brands. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, no surprise, Jeep is on that list. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk tech. We're going to talk tech about getting supercar-level braking 
for a lot less money thanks to the folks at NASA. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Well, time for talking tech. And this one's fun because we're we're visiting NASA. Yeah. And that's always <laughs> fun. And... And uh, they, uh, thanks to them, a new braking design uh, for for vehicles has been um, kind of perfected by them, and it makes brakes even much more efficient than the current highest standard, which I guess, Fred, you would agree is uh, carbon ceramic? Yeah, and I remember having a... Um... I believe it was a, a C6 Corvette that had carbon ceramic brakes, and it was a $17,000 option. And I was like, yeah. well, braking is nice, but I mean, that's <laughs> a price. I get another of, car for that. <laughs> you could get a Nissan Versa for that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, so what's this all about? Yeah. What's there's this a all company, about? There's a company called Orbis Brakes. Okay. Pretty good which name. Uh, just launched its periodic wave disc brake line. Now, in physics, because you know I'm going to throw you go, physics You're going to go there. You're certainly uh, going to go there. A yes. periodic wave is a continuously repeating wave. So a sine wave okay. is a periodic wave. Like audio. It is the most stable. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so they developed it for NASA. Um, and it turns out that it, it's using, uh, aerodynamics, uh, for this, for the disc surface. Okay. Which is interesting. I'd have to see, see this to really kind of parse out how they're doing this. Now they're using but, it to slow it down or to cool it down. It, it cools it and tremendously reduces brake fade. Wow. Um, and fuel efficiency, it goes up. Okay. Uh, vehicle range goes up. It's for electric, of course. Um, so they claim it's lighter, cooler, vastly more efficient. And when vastly comes into the mix, <laughs> that means several times more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to enter the market very soon. Mm. Well, and not not terribly expensive. They also cool. have a product called Carbon Wave, which is the world's first integrated wheel and brake, delivering the lowest unsprung weight in the industry. We all know mm. if you want your vehicle to handle well, if you want to get good fuel economy, get rid of that un unsprung weight, which is typically yep. wheels and brakes and anything like that, right? That's exactly right. So uh, this is, I, I would like to see this uh, in action. I'd like to look at the design, um, see what these things look like. It, it, it just sounds like they've come up with, you know, yet another breakthrough. And the other thing is- <laughs> And no pun intended. <laughs> 
Hey, I don't mean <laughs> to break your spirit, but yes. <laughs> but uh, also they weigh fifty percent less on average than conventional cast iron bricks. That's huge. Uh, they're made from recyclable iron, a hundred percent. Can't beat that. And they reduce brown emissions. Now, brown emissions is uh, basically the tire, you know, bits, chunks of rubber, uh, right. uh, brake dust, things like that. Things that come off your vehicle as they go down the ro- road, but not exhaust emissions, right? Yeah, it's particulate stuff, which is a pollutant. I mean, it. you know, that's why they you say- see all this dirt on the wheels they say it's worse than uh, the pollution that comes out of the tailpipe i i think it is you're breathing this stuff and let's face it electric cars still have tires and brakes don't they uh, i sure hope so <laughs> okay <laughs> they're not floating they're not floating in, yeah. in midair so uh interesting stuff and we'll keep we'll keep you up to date on orbis brakes and the carbon wave and uh I think manufacturers will jump on this and, and, you know, to make brakes so that don't fade, I would you say Lamar would be a great testing point for this? Boy, boy, you Remember know, they'll the, be there. You know, the brakes glow at night, don't they? They actually glow red. The discs glow red. Yeah. Uh, they're that hot. Yeah. Imagine if they could lighten it up, get better braking and, and more efficient yeah. braking and, you wouldn't have to mess with them at all during the race. That would be incredible. Well, there you have it. It would be. Orbis mm-hmm. brakes and a carbon wave. Let's talk about a little bit of uh, some different technology. Uh, BMW has been building V12s for a while. And uh, it uh, is going. they have built the final V12. It's a special series of just 12 BMW M760i luxury sedans, the last 12-cylinder engines ever to be featured in a BMW. And uh, they've already been built. And they've been crafting them since, uh, I think, the 1980s um, with the introduction of a 5-liter, 60-degree V12 producing 295 horsepower, 332 pound-feet of torque. That was back in the 80s back in the day five liter that's that's like the size of of you know a mustang engine right (laughs) yeah it's 302 so it must be tiny tiny cylinders don't you think oh they are they are that was always true with ferraris ferrari made v12s when they were less than two liters wow uh and then in the most recent form is the 6.6 liter twin turbo that generates 602 horsepower, 590 pound-feet of torque, paired with all-wheel drive and an eight-speed automatic. So imagine that under a uh, vintage car. <laughs> that drive. Uh, that would be. That would be. Um, a SEMA uh, show thing. <laughs> it would be. It would be. Yeah. Um, this is, of course, the cruise control cat, who is our tech ex- expert. Yes. Uh, and he's saying, I want one. <laughs> well, you can't have one. Do you know they made a V12 Z3 prototype at one time, BMW? I didn't know that. Wow. How did they get it in there? I well, don't of course, know. it was probably 
Yeah. Torch torches and uh, and hammers. <laughs> That's how you would get it into a small vehicle like that. All right. So Man. the thing is, though, Rolls Royce is still going to keep using the V12 engine. So well, if you're a V12 fan, less then you'll have to go to just a different dealer. There's no engine smoother. Yep. Uh, here's a rumor, and uh, we're going to be getting some big news actually from uh, from Dodge. Uh, next month because they're supposed to bring out their electric hot rod and uh, but there's also going to be a goodbye edition of the Hellcat that will make over 900 horsepower hmm. up from 797 up in and then from that in in many more ways it might run on E85 that's what Mopar Insider was told and uh they're thinking around 909 horsepower, perhaps. Man. Um, this won't go cheap, will it? You, no. Um, and it's, again, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so, so ironic that this is coming out when gas is, you know, close to $6 a gallon. Well, the, the other thing is, Apparently, during uh, Dodge Speed Week, 12th through 20th, the brand has confirmed they'll have three reveals over three days. Include a send-off combustion-only model, probably this 909-horsepower mm-hmm. model. A gateway model, expected to be a plug-in hybrid. And the final reveal will be the electric mus- muscle car, all-electric muscle car, which apparently we've heard... Last year, we had guests on that said uh, it's going to be one of the best-sounding electric cars out there. So It's going to get interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's also some talk that the goodbye version may be called the Tomahawk. Now, I'm going to tres- test your trivia knowledge. There mm. was another show model of a Dodge called Tomahawk. Do you remember what it was? I'm ne- going to say never it was built. a truck. No. no it wasn't not, a truck? No. It used a Viper engine. Oh. Oh. Was that the motorcycle? That was the motorcycle. Yeah. It was a motorcycle built around a V10 Viper engine. <laughs> it was called the Tomahawk. And some executive rode it out onto the <laughs> stage. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if you... Put that bike down. How would you ever get it up again? You would need you would need a mobile crane, wouldn't you? Was that the one that was supposed to be capable of about two hundred and fifty? Yeah, if you if you had the stones to stay in it. <laughs> I don't. No, no thanks. No thanks. I'll stick to something with four wheels. But uh, hey, when we come back, Les has got an at the wheel review of the BMW M3 competition model. It doesn't have. A a V12, but as a straight six, and he'll check it out. Yep. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Well, as promised at the beginning of the show, I'm going to review. I'm going to do an at-the-wheel review of the BMW M3 competition all-wheel drive (laughs) uh 
super sedan. I'm going to call it that. <laughs> um, this this is quite a machine. It is. Everybody knows that the M series BMWs are the hot rods, but this is the hot rod, hot rod. Oh yeah. So, so what's it all about? Well, first I got to tell you about the color. <laughs> It was it was called Sao Paulo, as in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. Yellow. It's a um not not the most attractive yellow. I'm not big on yellow cars. Uh well, you wouldn't be big on this one. Okay. Um it, I mean, it actually got noticed. People I noticed some people were sort of chuckling at it. <laughs> um but anyway, and the interior, it's yellow outside, kind of between school bus and fire engine. Mm. Uh, <sighs> Yasmana blue and black leather inside. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, and <laughs> by the way, get out of the factory. <laughs> by the way, that was a $2,550 option that that color inside anyway oh okay forget about that uh, there's much more to, to worry about uh than that uh, what's once you're in it uh it has it has racing seats oh. with high bolster hard to climb into boy did i get complaints from passengers <laughs> um and they're not terribly comfortable over a long distance limited padding uh yeah um and and honestly uh, you know I, i'm not shaming anybody but i don't see how a lot of people could even fit in these things are the bolsters um, not adjustable no okay no. okay um and by the way the the uh the uh, it has carbon fiber trim inside. Okay. Only $950. Um, I like carbon fiber. I. That's right. I don't know if I spend that much for it, but I like uh, it. No. Uh, by the way, the all-wheel drive uh, feature option on this is $4,100. Wow. Okay. So what's it like? Well, you start it up, and to be perfectly honest... Once you're sitting there, it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you start it up. The exhaust, I would describe as civilized. Oh, wow. It's not, you know, like a Hellcat or a, or a Mustang GT. It's, right. it's you know, it's civilized. Um, until <laughs> you, you get to full rev. Mm-hmm. At which time it becomes a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but but in <laughs> during that transition mm -hmm. from zero to sixty miles an hour, mm -hmm. that psychopath is taking you there in three seconds. Oh my! Oh my! Zero to a hundred and fifty is eighteen point three seconds. Wow. Um, of course, on a controlled course, with <laughs> Close proper course. safety. Do, do not try. I like that little. I've, little I've heard. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying anything more than that. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, 
what's doing this? It's 503 horsepower. It's a, it's a straight six. Oh yeah. Uh, three liter. Venerable. Uh, you know, venerable, uh, twin turbo, mm-hmm. uh, 503 horsepower, 479, um, pound feet, eight speed automatic paddle shifted that, that has, it's like an old torque flight. You know, it's got that stiff shift. shift. You know, it's shifting bang shift, not, not quite, but it's there. Okay. And of course, you can shift manually and all that. Paddles. It's got floppy paddles. Oh, it's got lots of floppy paddles. Okay. <laughs> and and by the way, the the twelve point three inch dash instrument screen um, has different views. So the M view is is a shift indicator, uh, and an, actually a nicer tack than the tack. tack. Okay. I don't quite get that, but. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Uh, by the way, 11.1 seconds for the quarter mile. Wow. That's, just, that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a machine. It's a, it's a real machine. Um, now, if you're going fast and you want to slow down, which I have had to do several <laughs> times because I was going I was practicing selective disregard of the speed limit. Okay. Um, 70 miles an hour to zero is takes 150 feet. Wow. Which is just nine times its own car length. Throwing out the anchor. It's like, it's like opening up the parachute on a drag. Yeah. And basically your eyeballs arrive about a half a second later. (laughs) So I don't recommend doing that, mm-hmm. but if you do do it, uh, <laughs> do it more gently. These are carbon ceramic brakes. We're talking about those uh, during this past hour. Now, the the reason it does this is because it's got an enormous amount of rubber under it. Wow. Front wheels, 19-inch wheels, 275, 35 series. Wow. Rear wheels to 85, 30 series, 20 inch wheels. I'm sorry, the front was 35 series. So you're looking at 130 square inches of rubber on the ground at any moment, total patch. And each one is driving. And each one is driving and braking. Okay. So how does it handle? Um, it handles. It's it's really sticky on the pavement, drive pavement. Um, I, I was I was talking with a friend of mine. And he said, "Well, you know, does it handle better than a, you know this and that?" I said, "Yeah, oh yeah." Um, and and it occurred to me, it actually feels like you're driving uh, a, a dragonfly. Okay. You know how dragonflies just kind of zip around. Go, everywhere that's what this does and of course it's making you dizzy the whole time um but it's it's a heck of a machine to drive <clears throat> fully instrumented all of the safety stuff uh everything you can possibly imagine um i'm going to tell you the price in a little bit <laughs> we're uh, almost out of time you better yeah, that's a right big price by the way uh it, it averaged for me just a shade over 16 mpg oh my 
claims 22 on the road. Mm, maybe. Um, base price, $76,900. But the, the packages and the competition and blah, 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 um, added a, a modest amount and brought it up to 95. Oh, my. Eight, 95. Oh, my. Uh, but boy, is it, is it, uh, a scream to drive. Is it too uh, wild for everyday use? Yeah. Yeah. For everyday, you know, but, just going to get some milk at the store. Yeah. You're going to buy this as a toy. Um, and you, you know, you, you better be careful with it because no. you, you can overdo it. I just can't get over that color combination. Blue sheets <laughs> with the yellow paint. I mean, oh, two neighbors said, Somebody would pay, spend $95,000 for that? <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. Well, thank you for that at-the-wheel review of the BMW M3 Competition Series. Time yep. for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.